you're listening to the Quiet Rebels podcast, episode number 36. And today we are going to be talking about how to connect with influencers by creating valuable content. And I've got to tell you, there's a little bit of a backstory to the origin of this episode because my special guest, um, he reached out to me um, because we had actually connected a couple of months before and then we actually ran into each other at an event um, in San Diego. And yes, this is the one I keep referring to in my episodes. I, I swear, I've met so many amazing people from there. Um, but I've actually met this person in real life, but we actually connected first online. And when we did, I saw only one side of his business, which was all about relationship coaching. So when he approached me to talk about content, I was like, this is kind of out of nowhere, but then I found out later on that the other side of his business is actually in content marketing, and he's been doing that for like 10 years, so I thought, okay, <laughs> so many things I need to discover about this guy. So we originally was actually going to be talking about how to repurpose content, because I do know that consistent content creation is a struggle for many of us, and I'm not, I'm going to raise my hand here, I am so included in this group, and sometimes I feel a little bit overwhelmed like oh my god I need to come up with new things and so when he approached me to say like hey how about I come onto the podcast we could talk about repurposing content obviously that's going to be drawn from his content marketing expertise and then as we actually got into the interview it just evolved in such a way that we saw a journey it was a pathway between consistent content creation and actually using that to a point where we can actually connect with seemingly unreachable influencers. And to give you an example, um, someone who I extremely admire and I feel like, oh, she's almost unreachable, is Marie Folio. I mean, I have been following her since I started out in online business about five years ago. And I've owned, I kind of like, I have seen her technically in real life. Um, she was so far away because I had one of the seats at the back uh, when she was on her book tour. She was in London and I can just like see her on stage and I really wish that I wore my glasses that day so I could see her fabulous hair like in HD. <laughs> but you guys get what I mean, right? There are people in our industries who is they almost seem like they're unseemingly reachable basically I mean it's so hard to connect with them because the amount of gatekeepers that they may have whether it's assistants or executive people um, who manage their inbox and that sort of thing so I almost felt like it was borderline impossible but what I love about my guest is that he actually walks us through what he did organically in order to connect with these influencers. And then our whole conversation evolved. It literally started off from a content piece, splintering it into so many different ways and being published in like media outlets and then actually leveraging off of that authority to be able to connect with an influencer. And because he showed up consistently and he became known for this area of expertise, then obviously that becomes more appealing to these influencers who are seemingly unreachable and so I love that the pathway is actually a lot more clearer than we thought and he breaks it down of his own examples so that we can take on board his advice to see if there are ways that we can spruce up our own content marketing game in order to connect with other people and it doesn't stop there we actually talk about what it's like when you do connect with these people and how you actually maintain this connection because it's not 
like, hey, I want to use you for a piece of content and then buy because, <laughs> I mean, what kind of relationship is that? It's not going to be great. You want to be able to kind of be in the good books forevermore. And so he also talks about how to maintain these relationships in a very organic way and in a way that's also sustainable for you because the majority of this whole approach is going to be from a place of giving from our end. But he also talks about the importance of it being sustainable so we don't burn ourselves out in the process. So I think you're going to find our conversation super interesting and I really hope that you find it super valuable, especially if A, you are somebody who struggles with being consistent with content but you want to stay on brand and you want to make sure it's all relevant for your audience that's a and b if you do want to know what it's like like an insider's journey to connect with bigger influencers in a genuine way that is a win-win situation so that is what we have for today's interview and i'm super excited to hear how you find it and so let's dive in This is the place to be if you want the courage to live your life and run your business in a way that's true to you. Contrary to what you might think, you don't have to be the loudest person in the room in order to be heard. But here's the thing, there's no time for you to be playing small anymore because you can make an impact on the people you want to help in this world by showing up and owning your message. And it is my personal mission to support you on your journey with every single episode. I'm your host, Meike Sang, and it is my honor to welcome you to The Quiet Rebellion. Let's dive in. Hey, my dear Quiet Rebels, I'm so excited to be here with you today because I have an expert on the show who's going to be talking with us about all things content repurposing. So if this is something that it boggles your mind of like how some people just seem to have it all together. They have content consistently coming out and then you're kind of scrambling in the corner trying to get the next thing out. I have a special guest with me today. His name is Peter Kowalki and he had actually been in the content game for quite some time. He's been a journalist for 25 years and he's transitioned from running a content marketing firm for 10 years and now he uses it every day in his coaching business for relationships. So Peter, welcome on board to the Quiet Rebels podcast. Thanks for having me on the podcast, Maykay. I'm really excited to be here. Actually, I still run that content marketing. Oh, company. okay. I'm sorry. I, uh, <laughs> no, no, it's all right. You know, it's, it becomes sort of a side gig. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't do the day to day like I once did. But yeah, I'm, I mostly focus on the relationship coaching. And so, you know, when I made the jump over to coaching, you know, I was a solopreneur and. You know, I had this nice, I was coming from something that dovetailed very nicely into what I'm doing right now as a coach, because, you know, we all need content. I, I mm-hmm. like to say that every business is in the media business now. Mm-hmm. Well, that's how we get the exposure. And Yeah, yeah, definitely. And so I'm curious, um, how did you even get started with this whole journey of yours? I mean, it's, it's quite... Um, it's quite a different jump, right? You know, from content marketing. Uh, I know that you use that into your business, but what got you into relationship coaching now? And how have you kind of like best used those skills from your content marketing days into your business today? Um, so I started off as a journalist. I, you know, I have magazine journalism degree. I've been doing it for a long, long time. I actually started my first magazine when I was 14 years old. Wow. Um, yeah, so you know that was that was me, but really it was always about relationships. That's why I was a journalist because I wanted to 
you know, I wanted to bridge the differences in the world because I felt that a lot of it was from misunderstandings. So, you know, it was basically, I, I, I wanted to be a coach back then, but I didn't know how. So I sort of went, I didn't think I could be like a B grade Tony Robbins. <laughs> so, you know, at that time, you know, we didn't have all the courseware and making it as easy to do today. So uh, yeah, I started as a journalist. And then when I made the leap about 10 years ago, about the time of the big financial crisis, um, I was a magazine editor in New York. And so I wanted to become a coach. And you know, I was a solopreneur. I didn't know how to make a living as a coach at that time. Who was going to buy? How were we going to do it? I knew nothing. I just knew if I kept doing it, I would succeed because I knew I had the goods. I just didn't know how to package it. Mm. So, you know, you, you have to, you know, do your equivalent of waiting tables while you wait for your big break. And mm -hmm. so my waiting tables was starting a content marketing company because content marketing is really kind of close to journalism. And it, it, it's just that with traditional journalism, you have business interests, you have advertisers that try to sort of push against the content. And with content marketing, it's almost clearer. Okay, we're doing this article and everybody knows our angle. You know our seat. We're going to have a CTA at the end. You kind of know that part of it. So it wasn't actually that different. From journalism, so uh, and the, you know the money is obviously better with with uh, corporate. So um, basically, I, I used content marketing to start my journey and figure out the solopreneur thing. And uh, you know now, basically, I have two businesses. Mm. Yeah, I use it every day as a as a relationship coach, and of course, we also do it for other clients. Um, Brilliant. So got yeah. So um, I just want to backtrack a, a minute for those. Um, who's listening is like what does CTA stand for it's cool to action <laughs> just, <laughs> just in case like we get um, mixed up in all this like marketing lingo so just wanted to point that out but yeah that's really what a journey you've been on and I'm so curious to hear now like how do you use content in your business I mean you know what it's like to be a solopreneur because you have been one for a while like before you started like hiring our team right so how did you get started with that? Like what helped you get consistent and how did you come up with ideas? Um, give us all the goods because <laughs> I'm totally asking this question for myself as well because there is that pressure to always stay relevant and top of mind and sometimes you feel like you need new ideas in order to do that. So um, what advice would you give us? Yeah, no, I think you hit upon something really uh, important. Every, you know, we all know that we have to keep putting out content, but what not everybody realizes is that we don't have to be reinventing the wheel. We don't have it to be, you know, coming up with something brilliant and new because most of what we're going to talk about is actually already out there in some fashion, you know, almost everything. Yeah. You know, I, we're both, I know we're both fans of Marie Florio and her B-School and you yeah. know, she's amazing. She absolutely That's how we is. met. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, and she puts out some amazing stuff, but, you know, quite honestly, nothing she does is new. What she's done is basically repackage the best into a, into a, a form that is easily digestible, that has her particular focus. And so, you know, that the, the first really the block to get over with creating content is just, I don't have to come up with 
you know, amazing new ideas, every single post, every single blog post article, you know, it's entirely possible for you to come up with one idea and basically just look at it from different angles. And you could use, it could almost be a challenge. You could, you could say, I'm going to come up with, what's my one big idea? What, what is my business founded on? What's my, you know, my main thing? And you could probably run a challenge where could I do a whole year's worth of content based off that one idea? A whole year? Oh my goodness. Okay. I, I'm intrigued. I've never okay. done it, but I think we could, I think we could actually do that. I oh, okay. I feel like there's a challenge for our listeners now. <laughs> and for us, because we need to hold ourselves account- accountable in order to lead this thing. <laughs> but yeah, tell me more. Tell me more. Well, so, you know, the, the, really one of the things that I see a lot of, uh, you know, small business owners and even writers and professional media people, one of the m- mistakes that sometimes can be made is thinking in terms of words or a particular product, it, it, it's more about ideas. Always keep your focus on the idea. And so an example of this is, you know, you know I'm using a whole bunch of words to talk about what we're talking about right now. Um, but, you know, really what I'm putting forth, what you care about, you don't really care about my words. I'm not going to be a, you know, win any literary awards for this interview. You care about the idea. And so if you start with the idea, what is, what's the purpose of this piece of content? Mm. And where the repurposing comes in is, you know, what's the idea and how could I take that idea for other channels? How can I look at it for a slightly different perspective? And so it's the same basic idea. You already, you've already fleshed it out in your head. Uh, let's take one from relationship coaching because that's what i do um commitment you know you need to have commitment in that relationship so i can basically think about well you know what what commitment is needed you know as a as a content creator what commitment is needed uh in a relationship and then i could do a chicken soup for the soul sort of thing where mm-hmm. i'm not i take that one idea and i'm like now we'll do commitment for you know teenagers or commitment in, you know, uh, uh, you know, LGBT community, you know, same, almost the exact same thing. Or you could literally rewrite the words and have the same idea. And the reality is not everybody's going to read all of your content. Most likely you're going to produce more content because you got to feed the beast. So you could literally rewrite that first piece and Put it ones on Medium, ones on your blog, ones on a guest post for, you know, Mind Body Green. Uh, one that idea can be packaged up into an interview or a video, you know, or you can literally take the same idea and, you know, slightly look at it from a different angle, but it's the same idea, and literally do it twice on your blog. You can literally do it six times on your blog. You might not want to do that every single week. Because, yeah, eventually people will be like, you know, kind of mining the same exact thing. Mm. But if you do a little bit of spacing and if you do a little bit of looking at it from a different angle, you can actually mine the same idea. So you don't have to come up with dramatically new stuff every time. Um, When I was first starting out, let me tell you a story about I was I wanted to talk to the 
big people in my community. Mm, you know, the people, the people with the, the gatekeepers. Yeah. You know, the ones that you, you can't reach them on Twitter. You, you certainly can't find an email address. You know, the, the Marie Florio types, you know, the Tony Robbins types. So, you know, you pick your industry and whoever those people are. And I know you know who they are. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> you can't get to them. So I said, you know, I want to learn from these people. I want to get to these people. I want to have a relationship with these people. Now, I, you know, I, they're, they're the big dogs and I'm the little one. I'm the little fish right now. But it starts somewhere. And so what I did was I decided I was going to, um, I decided that I was going to write an article for Mind, Body, Green. Okay. And I would have, so basically I approached them and I said, yeah, I'm doing an article for Mind, Body, Green. And everybody likes to have, you know, be featured in media. So even the big people, you know, at least give you a thought. And I started with small media. So this is not necessarily something every business owner could do right off the bat. I had some other media in my background, but you could start with small and work it up. But basically I approached, reached out to about, I don't know, 10 big fish. And I said, I'm doing this article. And I got a few people that, you know, they, they wanted to make sure I was legit, but then they said, okay, well, I'll do, I'll give you a short interview. And so now I had a way to kind of reach these people, but I wanted to build a relationship. I didn't just want to, you know, I didn't want to do a, a little short interview with them that I then put into an article. So what I did was I said, well, you know, after they had said yes to the interview, I said, well, you know, you're already on the phone with me. Um, would you mind doing it on video? Because same amount of your time, but if you do it on video, I can actually put together a little video spot you can put on your YouTube channel or use in a blog or something. And even those who didn't actually do that, they were like, yeah, sure. That, you know, I like getting free. I like, you know, I, I still have to feed my content piece too. We all do. Mm -hmm. So they said, most of them said, sure. So now I'm talking to a few biggish fish. And I've got them on video. And because I knew that I wanted to, I was going to repurpose. I was going to take this one idea and do a lot with it. I was able to basically ask questions. Not, I didn't have just one interview in mind. I didn't just have the Mind Body Green story in mind. Instead, I, I, I had in mind that each section of the interview, each, each guest was, first of all, I was going to write a blog post based on what they had said. I was going to write two or three blog posts on what they said, because I'm assuming they had more than one idea. And not all of it was going to make in the article, but I wasn't going to waste any time with these people. And I decided I was going to then ask them, well, hey, do you want a guest post? Now, I'll tell you, as somebody who gets paid to do guest posts, you know, this was uh, you know, a value of 700, uh, several hundred to several thousand dollars that I was offering them for absolutely free. And they didn't have to take it, but they, yeah, they see an opportunity if, it, if it's not too self-promotional. So, so I get on there and I basically go in knowing I'm going to use it for the article. I'm going to use it, this video, I'm going to turn into a long, I'm going to turn into a product actually that I sell. I'm going to then slice it into 10 different YouTube videos and I'm going to give them to them. And if I'm lucky, and a few of them did. Uh, they're going to put some on their site. Oh my gosh, that's great. 
And I'm even going to write an article for them. I'm going to write a couple for me. And honestly, those four to five interviews I did, I mined that content for, I'm still mining that content. I've I've still got about 20 stories that are sitting there waiting, either they're written or they're, it's all ready to go. Um, And that's, that's because, you know, I didn't, have to re- I didn't have to come up with something completely new. I knew I could repurpose and look at it from a different angle. And, and you know, I just was able to work with it in different, different media. And I went in knowing that I was going to do more than one thing. It, it, the planning is really where it starts. Not just the content calendar. You know, everyone says that. You know, you've got to have a content calendar for your, you know, your regularity and all that. that that's good. But you also want to know how to maximize what you do because as a solopreneur, you don't have time. <laughs> I still don't have time and I'm not a solopreneur. It's how much more when I was, was a solopreneur. Um, so, wow. yeah, go. So this is a lot to unpack. So I stayed quiet for a while because I was just kind of like processing this journey that you're on. So let's let's take it all the way back before you... Yeah, I saw a deer in the headlight there for a second. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wow. <laughs> Okay, so let's break it down so that those who are listening can like really start to apply it to their own businesses. Yeah. Start off with the spacing and the mining of the one idea. I love that challenge. Like a year sounds like whoa, that, that that's a long time. Um, Might be masterclass. Yeah. Yeah, like, like literally like a masterclass, right? So let's just let let's just like make it a bit more easier. And so let's just think. Okay, a month's worth of content. So that could be four or five pieces for one oh, big that's idea. So easy. So yeah. when you talk about spacing, say if it's just like just one idea, do you mean like like how much space in between do you think um, is close enough but also far enough away so that um, people don't really catch on that actually the same idea? Like what is your advice around that? Well, it depends on how complex the idea is. If it's a really, really, really simple idea, then, you know, yeah, that may be a repeat, but, you know, the I was doing an article, uh, one of these interviews I did was with uh, a relationship person, Debbie Maldonado, uh, Debbie and Dr. Rob, and she was talking about projection. And actually, it was just one part of something much longer. Uh, but the idea of projection is just basically we think that our partner's doing and saying what we're actually doing and saying. So, yeah, it's a, it's a simple idea. It, it's, it's a simple-ish idea. You could say it in a tweet, but you know, basically, she's only talked to me about it for maybe three minutes. But what I was able to do with it is okay. So first, we have the what is projection? There's an article right there. Okay. Then we had well, she talked as an example. She did an example about how. Um, let me see if I can remember this correctly at this point. She did a, a uh, example about how, you know, one of her clients was thinking that, you know, uh, that, that her partner was cheating, was unfaithful or moving in that direction. And it was really because of something in her own life. You know, mm-hmm. she, she was projecting this onto her partner. So that, you know, we could have wasted the content and made it just, you know, one piece on projection. We could have done that. But instead, I spun it out. I did the what's projection and maybe added a little bit of my thoughts into it. So I'm not, you know, I'm not plagiarizing or anything. I'm not mm-hmm. taking 
credit for anything. I'm adding something. Also, I took your example and I made a completely different article. I said, now it's projection on maybe, uh, um, uh, you know, uh, when you feel uh, insecure in your relationship. Mm-hmm. That would be a second use. Now, if you put the projection together with the projection in a, in, in, in for safety, technically that's the same little conversation we had. If I was to write it out, that would be one set of notes that I would have made if I was coming up with it on my own. Or it's three minutes, one idea from the guest, you know, the, the Debbie Maldonado. But I broke it up. And if, from the viewer's perspective, when, I, when they read it, they see, oh, I'm learning about projection. Now I'm seeing applications. I'm working with the idea deeper. I'm going deeper. Oh, my God, it's thematic. Mm-hmm. Suddenly... It's not repeating. It, it's a theme. Interesting. And, and you could make the one piece of content would, through a whole year would just be, what's the theme in your, of your business? What are you really about? That would be the one piece of content for the whole year. Just write down, what am I really about? What's my business really, truly about? And that idea, and then just take it from a thousand different angles. I was writing notes as you're talking about that. So when it comes to like splintering a big idea, then I love that you're starting off with the definition, just kind of like create the skeletal framework. And then from there is the multiple angles of application of that topic. That is, And I do that also so I can link back to it. Mm. The second article links back to the first article. Yeah. So like they're constantly in your own content cycle right because you plan it out before mm. you do it. you can write it or do the interview or put together any piece of content because you start with sort of a roadmap uh yeah you can you plan well how am i going to slice and dice this one idea you know based on the, the plan you've set up mm. and for an interview yeah you can't quite plan you know oh debbie talked about projection i had never thought about that and now oh my god that's great and then you go and say, well, how can I cut this into lots and lots of pieces? Mm. Without it being actually the same. What are the bite size? What, what yeah. are the ideas? That's getting back to the idea part of it. You know, what each, good writing, each sentence is an idea. You know, it, it, stand, it kind of stands on its own in some way. Each paragraph stands on its own. You know, so it's just, you're just basically getting really good at picking out ideas. Mm. and each idea then you can spin out into another piece of content you don't have to and if you're a solopreneur you won't i still have a whole bunch of ones from the original five interview you know years ago um but you certainly don't have uh, an issue of not having enough content Mm. once you start down that i'm looking at ideas it's almost the, the the burden is almost i don't have enough hands to do as all the good things i want to put out into that world Mm. okay i'm just trying to like gather all the thoughts here i just want to make sure that by the end like this is super tangible and actionable so that's how we splinter ideas cool and this is what you did in order to like have a lot of content that was out there and then you had a big pool to fish from in regards to what ideas to pitch to media outlets um in order to get published in things like mind body green and from there that's what allowed you like past some gatekeepers to have access to bigger influencers 
to have that authority by association because that's one of the yeah. biggest like benefits of being able to connect with people who are much further ahead in our journey so for you it's relationship experts and for me it would be someone like amy porterfield or marie folio like those are people who yeah. i would love to be able to interview one day and so that is what you did and you built those relationships through the trust of consistently showing up with your content, like doing your thing. And from there, you was at a perfect position to be at a place of service to allow them to um, share their work and their word through your platform, essentially, right? I, I love that you're getting to that relationship with the other person. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, really, when it boils down to, you, you know, engaging with others in terms of content, uh, you know, getting in the publications or being near those people that are, you know, the big fish. At the end of the day, it's about wow, what am I doing for them? Mm, yes, what it, for it's them. not about what I'm getting. Mm. Now, you know, if you're a smart person, you, you kind of see, well, yeah, I, I know that'll benefit me too. <laughs> but you can't, you can't lead with it because no, people not. smell that, especially today. They smell it. Mm. And they've got a whole bunch of people every day, and, and I, I can only imagine on the Marie Florio level, on the Amy Porterfield level, because even on my level, I get people approaching me every day, and it's even some of the slightly sophisticated ones. It is clear what you're doing, guys. Mm. You want to take from me. You want something from me in some way, shape, or form. I'm lending credibility. I'm giving you content for your thing. I'm... Uh, you know, I'm, I'm giving you access. I'm going to pay you money, whatever your game is. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of game going on. So the, the, you know, and you're seeing a lot of people that are saying this idea. So I'm spinning somebody else's idea right here. Cause we all are. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and honestly, I don't know exactly who I'm spinning. It's probably an aggregate, but there's definitely a trend, uh, make a to give first. You don't look, it's not a transaction. It's not, it's not even I give, you give, you know, you know, don't even think that way because they'll smell it. You just give. So when I approach those big name people, if we want to diagram it, you know, yeah, there's, I, I certainly was doing well, but the first step was I'm putting you in a publication and you don't have to do anything except just give me a few seconds because I can't quote you without a few seconds. Mm -hmm. So that's a pretty big give. Mm -hmm. And because and, I'm putting in all the work, I'm coming up with the, you know, the article, I'm pitching, I'm getting it approved, I'm doing all that. So they don't have to do anything. And, and, and then the next one, I was giving and saying, you know, I'm going to make a video. I'm going to edit together a video and figure out your, your kernel, your best piece. And I'm going to give you that too. And you don't have to do it, but I'm, you know, you don't have to use it, but I'm giving you something, I'm giving you even more. And I want to do a blog post for you. Now, it's not one of those blog posts that's uh, all about promoting Peter's business. This was a blog post that's all about promoting their business. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm truly working for free with this blog post that I'm, I'm putting together here. I, wanted, I, I don't want to just sell me. I want to sell you. Now, ideally, I'd like to also make it good for me, but if I, I can't really even have that in my brain when I'm, mm. I'm approaching people or working with them because it, it sort of shows through and it sort of taints the gift. It does. So 
so you you know you just go in and give mm-hmm. and and so i honestly make it i start out with the give and then i sort of reverse engineer well okay well how can i make this also for me is there a way that giving to them i can is there a way that i can afford to give because i'd love to give all day long you know i just love to be helping people for free all day long but obviously you got to eat and etc so it's, it's kind of the same process you know i, I want to give but i also got to do it sustainably so yeah you know i'll figure out a way to make money off of it or make it beneficial to me too but it starts with the gift mm-hmm. I love that. I'm so glad that you brought up this topic of conversation because this is something that I teach my audience as well as my students is is service over self-importance. Yeah. And this is something that um, as a podcast host myself, you can probably imagine that I get pitched, right? <laughs> I get pitched. I bet all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I get like pictures coming through and you can so blatantly tell when it's on mass because they don't even write my name. They don't even <laughs> write the name of the podcast that they say they want to feature. And the most recent one I got was last week and let's call him Sam. <laughs> okay. It's not, it's just not hey, real. Sam. Yeah. Hey Sam. Yeah. Um, so he was basically pitching me to come onto my podcast and exchange for me going onto his podcast. So he was just looking for an exchange. We had no prior relationship and you can clearly see it. He just wants to get on like more platforms and to make it supposedly more appealing. Like, oh, I can also get an appearance. So it's it's a win-win, it's a two-way street. And I'm like, dude, I don't even know you. You clearly don't know my audience and you don't know how to serve them because this topic is totally irrelevant, (laughs) right? And it's just, it just sucks, you know, that that is kind of the norm. But that's also a very, it's a good thing that we can easily learn how to rise above this like low barrier right now. Because like that, there's very, no, not barrier, it's a low bar right now. <laughs> and we can easily jump over it if we simply just apply this service over self-importance. Well, there's a lot of lemonade there. There's a yeah. lot of lemonade. <laughs> because, you know, a lot of people are, you know, how do I differentiate? How do I stand out? Honestly, okay, I never stand. I never have a trouble standing out in a group, or because everybody's gaming and you know what's in it for me and transactional and you know this and that. And I'm not. And nobody's <laughs> doing that. So you know, in a roundabout way, you know, it serves you too. Yeah, you can't be focused on it from that angle because then it starts to become fake. But mm. yeah, when you when you just try to serve. You know, you serve your customers, you serve your, you know, your partners, you serve everyone you come in contact with. Mm. Um, it is somewhat rare because it's hard. You know, selfishness is a very easy thing as a human, it's a human condition. So it's a little bit harder, but that makes it, re- you know, you stand out and people trust you, they work with you, and you build good relationships. And, you know, that's the direction of things, you know, the millennials are doing, are prioritizing that a lot more. Gen Z is definitely prioritizing it. And and we're getting really good at smelling this fakeness, this transactional stuff. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. And I'm looking at the time. I want to make sure that we're going to wrap up on a neat little bow tie sort of a note. And so uh, two quick questions before we start wrapping up. And one of them is I'm very curious to hear. So when you start these relationships, 
um, with these people. Like you've gone past the gatekeepers and you've done your thing. You've completely served. You're literally making it so easy for them to say yes because you're doing all the work and they just need to show up for a couple of seconds or minutes um, for um, however long. And so how do you maintain those relationships? Because otherwise it could be perceived as a, like a transactional sort of thing if you're just there once. So what do you do personally in order to maintain these relationships? I mean, do you send them postcards? Do you keep in contact regularly through email? Do you comment on their content? I mean, what do you do? What are the best practices that we can start doing in order to maintain the relationships we've built? I give in surprising times. Like, you know, basically one of the things that that I sometimes do is, you know, if it depends on the relationship, you know, there's no one size fits all. But sometimes I will, when I'm doing another piece, you know, I'm in another campaign where I'm, you know, doing another round of interviews and articles and, you know, I've got this machine going. Sometimes I'll try to work them, work someone who's, you know, in the past, I'll work them into something current and they have like zero work. I'll link to their article. I wrote, I wrote Marie Florio into a a very big article and she might not even know it. You know, I I don't have, unfortunately the, uh, I I don't have her on my Rolodex right now, but (laughs) you know, with with those who are somewhat inaccessible, you know, that, that does help. Mm. Uh, You, you keep giving uh, whether it's sticking them into new content whether it's, you know, giving them shout outs for completely, you know, random occasions, sending them clients mm-hmm. when they did not expect it. Again, it depends on the role. It depends on, you know, what's happening. If I know them a little bit, sometimes it's just showing them that I'm, I care about the relationship and not the transaction. Mm-hmm. I love to get, find out people's birthdays mm-hmm. and reach out men. And I love to find out, if possible, it's a little harder with women sometimes, but I even like <laughs> to find out the year they were born because, you know, Facebook doesn't always tell you, oh, they turned 35 today. Yeah. Or, or they I don't know tell that. Facebook the truth. They don't tell Facebook the exactly. truth. Their age. I found, I've had that happen too. I'm like, Facebook tells me it's your birthday, but I thought it was next month. <laughs> um, so yeah, I try to reach out, you know, how are you doing? If we're, if I'm, if I've gotten, if I've, if I've, I try to make touch points is what I try to do. Make it. I try to give, I try to keep giving. I try to, you know, have excuses to legitimately interact with them. And then when you reach the point of acquaintance level where you do kind of have an email address or a, a phone number that you can access and actually, you know, you're going to get to them on the other end. Um, you know, then, then, you know, if the relationship allows, you can, you know, be a person. How are you doing? You know, right. how's it going, May Kay? Or, you know, <laughs> I was thinking about you last week. Yeah, that's literally so, how you know, we got in touch because um, we met um, in real life in San Diego after connecting a couple months prior, like on Facebook Messenger, right? Like we had a couple of calls and then out of the blue, you just messaged me like, hey, you know, and then I can't remember precisely what you mentioned. And then we wound up talking and then here you are on the interview today. So it sounds really organic, which I love. So it's not like, oh, I need to reach out to them like this week and say this, but you literally bring them in when it's relevant and it's connected to how you previously interacted in the past. It it has to be organic, I would argue, because if it's not organic, it's some sort of game and everyone smells Mm -hmm. that. 
And, yeah. and not only does that, you know, are you not maybe really caring for the person, you know, but they, they smell it. So, you know, even if, even if you have some grand plan, you, you certainly want to, wouldn't want to do it that way. Mm, um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I reached out to you cause I thought about you. I had put a, I had put a touchback in my life. That's, I actually do this all the time as a relationship coach. I, I, I see my life with people. And when I meet somebody, I try to find the hook that connects them to me. And I, I, and I try to put little, you know, little hooks that, that I'll just sort of hook into. I, I'm not consciously, you know, I don't have like a Rolodex, you know, oh, today I better reach out to Maykay and you know, <laughs> Marie and, you know, Thomas. You know, I don't, that's artificial. Mm-hmm. I build it in naturally. So there, I don't remember off the top of my head what it was, but I ran across a May cake hook. And I said, <laughs> oh, I wonder what's going on with May cake. Yeah. And I felt it. It was totally organic, which I love. So thank it you so really much was. for sharing that. Yeah. I can see you definitely practice what you preach. And this is definitely in the professional realm. And I'm sure you do in the personal realm too. And so let's start wrapping this up because it's been a really interesting conversation. I thought we were just going to be going through like, I don't know, the 10 ways of content <laughs> purposing, which, you know, would you, would you like the 10 ways? We might want some takeaways. I, uh, I yeah, yeah. The, the, I was just about to get that. Like, <laughs> like the takeaways. Okay. I love the takeaways because we actually went on the entire journey of like taking a big idea, splintering it, staying top of mind, staying relevant. And, you know, just like, making the steps like up and up and up in order to build relationships with like lack of a better term, the higher ups and from there creating organic relationships with them. I absolutely love that. Like, I did not expect that for this interview, but I'm, it's really happy. Like it's a really happy outcome. So yeah, I would love to actually bring this back to um, bring this back to base and talk about how like the different ways we can repurpose content like for yourself, Peter, I'm curious, um, when this interview like goes live, which different ways could you repurpose this interview? You know, obviously it's always based upon your, your resources and strategic, um, focus. You could, you can spend so much content so easily that you do have to make a choice at some point, you know, what's, where do you want to go? But if I, if I was going to take this podcast, well, I'd start off by I'd start off by writing an article on it. It could have been the easiest one is sort of what it was like to be on the podcast. Hey, I was on this podcast and we had this great discussion and it got me thinking about this. Um, that would be a very easy one to write. I just basically brain dump. And another and then we could write it would be very easy to write a second one where we actually took transcript from this podcast which is very easy to do nowadays there's plenty of sites that you can do it automated or something like rev.com so it's yeah. like a dollar dollar 25 uh, us uh, per minute so mm-hmm. not really that much um so you got a transcript and you can uh, you could you could take that and make it a more traditional article. You know, actually work with all the ideas as a whole. Um, you could also respin uh, respin it. First of all, you could respin it on on each topic. We talked about uh, the higher ups. So, oh my gosh, there's just sit down and think about all the different ideas that we talked about just in that one little area, and those are all story ideas. I bet we could come with 10 or more just on that. But we didn't just talk about that. We also talked about 
content repurposing. We also talked about, you know, giving back. We also talked about, you know, there, there lots of different things. Mm. And so, you know, right there, honestly, there's lots of thematic articles mm. and we can either take that as a jumping off point. Uh, so I could either take that and, and, and say, well, you know, here's this idea, but I want to extend it. I only talk for a few seconds on it in the interview or there was only a few, you know, a minute of discussion on it. I got more to say on that topic. So that, I could flesh it out that way. Or I could literally take the, those three minutes and turn that into an article. So I know, maybe I'll do both because I've got more than one platform. So maybe I want one article on medium.com. Maybe I want a version of it on my blog. Maybe I want to give a version of it to you. Uh, you know, I, I haven't, you know, maybe you, you would want to do something with it as a, you know, put it at you. Maybe you'll see it in media. Maybe you've got a blog. Um, maybe I'll offer you two or three. I also would repurpose it for other things. Um, I would grab some great quotes. And of course, you know, there's a lot of memes that we could, God, there's hundreds <laughs> of memes we could grab from this one. Also, uh, yeah, we haven't even talked about external sites. We haven't even talked about, uh, you know, anything good I've said about you in, that we could use as a testimonial or, uh, you know, quotable someplace. The list almost goes on and on. Where do you see content in the world? Where do you engage with something? You know, you, you're on social media. And, oh, there's articles. And, oh, you read, you know, magazines. And, oh, you hear podcasts. And, oh, you'll go to YouTube make a list of all those things. And I, I've got a list and you, you know, I'm sure you can make your own list and anything you do can fit into all of those. Mm. And the question is, do I care about that platform enough to do it? Mm. Or am I going to let that one pass? Maybe Snapchat's going to pass. I won't do it. I'll <laughs> take this and put it into Snapchat form. <laughs> wow. I, I, I didn't even think of that. And then when you're talking about so many different angles that we can respin this interview, the, oh my God, I've been on a podcast and then the main theme and then like the little micro themes that we've talked yeah. about, like the higher ups and relationship building and, oh my gosh, the possibilities are endless. So that they is are. really, really amazing. So yeah. To so kind of like, yeah, for solopreneurs. So, so solopreneurs don't have to spend as much time on the content mm. because you don't have to come up with something entirely new and make it. You know, you just come up with your a few really, really good ideas or even look at other ideas because we either are doing it in our head or we're doing it consciously. It's still happening. Very few things are completely original. So what do you like? Add your own spin to it. Mm. you've got content right there all right peter well this has been a really really interesting interview so thank you so much for sharing your wisdom <laughs> and your journey and the unexpected journey that we took t today <laughs> like it was much more than i ever thought it would be so thank you very much and so for those who are really intrigued with what you do and they would like to learn more about you either from the relationship side or the content mm -hmm. side or both where can they find you so those who are interested in the relationship side can go to kawakicoaching.com and I'm sure that the spelling will be in the show notes. Yes, it definitely story. will be. <laughs> and those who are interested in editorial, you know, we do actually work with not only mid-sized businesses, but we do work with solopreneurs. We work with a lot of them. 
So if anybody needs help with their content, either on the strategy or the uh, actual creation of the content, edchief.com is where you can find our services. Okay. Perfect. Thank you so much. And finally, this is like one of my favorite questions I get to ask in any interview. And that is this. When my listeners hear this sound, that means it's time for a fact of the day. Now, because I have a guest on the show today, I'm going to relay that to you. So, Peter, can you tell us a weird fact about you, or a fun fact, if you will, that people can't easily find online? They can't find it on your website, your social media, or through your content. So what's something that only us quiet rebels know about you? <laughs> Honestly, the first one I came up with was a little grim. So let me think if I can come up with a lesser grim one. Uh, the, the, one of the most interesting things recently. Okay, I, I got a good one. Um, okay. I, don't, I don't have a home. I was almost a monk. I still follow monastic uh, principles and, and take the journey more gradually. And so a lot of people think that I travel around. I do travel a lot. Um, and people think I travel because I love travel. It's because I don't have a home. <laughs> I have no possessions. You're looking at the same shirt that all my clients see me every time because I have three shirts. <laughs> wow, super minimalist. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a monastic thing. Yeah. That is so, that's actually really intriguing and um, that kind of lifestyle. So that's um, definitely perks up my ears. And it's one of the most fascinating things I found out about you when we first connected. So thank you for sharing it with us today. <laughs> All right. Well, Peter, it's been an amazing interview. Thank you so much for your time and your energy sharing this uh, with our Cry Rebel audience and all the best. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I really have enjoyed being here and talking with you, May Kay. Awesome. Bye for now, Peter. So, what do you think? I mean, I don't know about you, but stretching one piece of content around the block for an entire year, that's an amazing challenge. And do you know what? I'm going to start off like slow and steady. So I'm happy to try out a piece of content and actually stretch it out for a month. That is definitely doable. But if you want to, like if you're a competitive type and you want to beat me hands down, feel free to... uh, feel free to do so and stretch it out for an entire year. But ultimately, I think that the idea is so fascinating how there truly are many different like multifaceted angles that we can take one piece of content. And I really hope that this interview inspired you to actually see like the results that can happen as a result of staying consistent. Because that's the whole point. Repurposing content isn't about just like filling the content well, like feeding the content beast, as Peter says. It's also about being consistent. And it's also about showing up for your people, like no matter what, come come rain or come shine, come snowstorm, lightning storm, whatever, like insert weather pattern here. <laughs> I mean, it's all about showing up on a consistent basis. That is the end message here. And when it comes to connecting with bigger influencers, they do want to connect with people who are serious about their craft. They are serious about the message. They're serious about the people they want to reach because those are the kind of people that they would want to associate with, people who also believe in mastering their craft and really helping people along the way. So again, I really hope that you found this interview helpful. And if you did, then please, please, please subscribe to this podcast because I've got a lot more interviews coming your way. And speaking of which, 
I'm also fascinated about next week's conversation because the interview that I had today with Peter is about connecting with seemingly unreachable influencers, right? But what happens when you can actually see them right in front of you because you ran into them at an event or maybe they're speaking on stage and you actually have the opportunity to connect? What about then, right? I mean, okay, next week's interview is going to be super awesome because the guy that I am talking to, he is somebody who knows how to instantly connect with people and he does it in such an authentic way and I just had to learn from him and I wanted to relay his wisdom on like back to you guys onto this podcast because when it comes to meeting people in real life I'm talking about mainly conferences here because that's that's normally when you connect the most um when you network right I want to kind of like run through several scenarios with you on how to build genuine relationships with people who are your peers and people who you deem as influencers to you. And just to give you a little spoiler alert, I ask my guests to actually critique um, when I basically told him the story of the first time I met Laura Belgray in real life. And that was a huge deal for me. And so if you want to find out the answer to that and how I actually introduced myself to her, which is, oh God, it's a little bit cringe. Like now that I think about it, it's it's crazy. But um, yeah, I put it out there anyway, because I think it's important for you guys to know that I am still on that journey to learning how to compose myself better when it comes to meeting people. But actually it turned out really well. So again, if you do want to learn how to build relationships from another angle, and this is more like face-to-face with your peers or um, other influencers who are literally right in front of you, then you're gonna want to listen to that episode. So again, if you haven't subscribed to the Private Rebels podcast, so you don't miss that episode and many more to come. Alrighty, so thank you so much for joining me in pieces here today. Again, I really hope that you loved our interview and that you find a way, you take one nugget of wisdom at least, to help you repurpose your content, to be consistent, um, when you put yourself out there and or if you're on your way to connect with an influencer, I hope that the gems of wisdom that Peter shared today will help you kind of ease that process. So thank you so much and bye for now. <laughs> <laughs>